0: I think I'm going to go back at the beginning of the podcast and I'm going to say, please play this podcast at like 0.75 <laughs> because <laughs> there's, a, there's lot a lot of, of data info. in here. You could, Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. I have with me in Smoky, the Smoky, smoky Mountains, the right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, from Santa Clara, we have Prisano Malayandi. How's it going up there? Uh,
1: not bad, Curtis. Just really, really bizarre weather. I don't know if you saw the pictures earlier this week, but
0: it did. outside. Orange, it it looks yeah. like uh, Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, it looked like a Martian landscape. I saw a picture of the Apple campus that kind of looks Uh like a spaceship with the orange background, and it really did look like it was on Mars. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, down here it's more. It's been. It hasn't been orange like that. It's just been a massive haze. The San Diego fires or San Diego area fires are in Alpine, which is to the to the east of. I mean, directly to the east of me. Uh, but quite a ways, but it's still completely obscured. You know, the sky, I feel like I'm in the beginning of, um, uh, the, the matrix, you know, where they, (laughs) that that line where it's like, I do know it is us that scorched the sky. Um, that's that line just, just comes up (laughs) in my head a lot right now. Um, but, uh, anyway, we should get to our, it is 2020, you know, it is, it is 2020. This is just, it's just the way that things are
1: expect the unexpected.
0: Yeah, 2020, uh, one star, don't rem- don't recommend it. <laughs> anyway, our, our guest has been in the uh, industry for uh, over 10 years, working at EMC, also Dados I.O. He's now a product manager at Splunk, and you can see him uh, on Twitter at Goyal Shalab. Welcome to the podcast, Shalab Goyal.
2: Hi, hi Curtis. Uh, hi, Prasanna. Uh, great to be here uh, and meeting you guys after a long time.
1: Yeah <laughs> I I know I was actually Tally Curtis. I was like, yeah, no, we used to work together at a previous company and I was like it's been a really really long time, so it's
0: good to hear your voice again. Yeah, absolutely same here. And I I I assume but I, are you also in the Bay Area? Yeah, I'm also in the in
2: the same uh, same weather
0: condition as Professor So,
2: yeah, it's interesting actually here uh, last last few days.
0: Yeah. It's just very, very strange. We almost, we were going to record another podcast with a friend who's in Oregon right now. And it was going to be like the fire podcast because Oregon's on fire, Bay area is on fire, San Diego's on fire. we were going to, we're going to just, and we were going to cover disaster recovery is what we we're going to do, but uh, we weren't able to make it happen today. So, uh, that, that, that may be for another day, but, uh, today, uh, the reason why I had you on is because I, you know, mainly from your experience from your former employer, uh, th- this idea of sharded databases. Uh, I I've done a lot of work with backing up databases, but when I first met with, um, you know, the folks at, uh, Datos years ago, uh, they really blew me away in terms of the backup and recovery complexities of, you know, both Cassandra and uh, Mongo. And, you know, there is this, th- 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 there, there are lots of them. Um, so let me ask you this question. From a backup and recovery perspective, like from a, from a, a way to properly back them up, is the approach similar between the two, or is it, are they completely? Do you have to talk about them both very separately?
2: Yeah, so the, I think that's a great point. Um, and it's also relevant because uh, uh, some of these databases are becoming more. Uh, more and more uh, uh, used in a lot of applications whether it's a it's a standalone database or as part of a bigger product as an embedded database but one thing that has not changed is the need for backup and recovery of these databases
1: yes. <laughs>
2: right. Um, so uh, I've had this conversation with many customers uh, initially, and they're like, hey, we have disaster recovery, we have everything else, but do we really need backup and recovery? Yes, we do. And I think people, folks realize that. But the point that you brought up, uh, uh, Curtis, about uh, the difference in how that these databases work, yes, they are considerably different. Um, and they are considerably different in terms of how, the reads and writes happen on these databases what can be queried how it can be queried and can it be queried and the second point there is the applications then they that they run on them right so uh, at the end of the day what you're looking for is uh, to help the application from database perspective uh, uh, and and the applications kind of assume a certain kind of a behavior from the from from the database and both the database work in a different manner uh, so Yes, backup and recovery ideally is is quite quite different in both these databases.
0: Okay, so where where do you think we should we start talking about Cassandra or start talking about Mongo? Which one do you think we should talk yeah, about?
2: Mongo first? is actually very interesting because Mongo is being more uh, in use than Cassandra. Uh, a lot lot, a lot of folks use Mongo in a lot of applications. It's so simple to start and start using it as a data store. What, what do they use it for? Uh, they use it for uh, you can use Mongo. You can uh, spin a Mongo as any embedded data uh, embedded database to store, for example, an application state, or you can use it to store uh, just a simple key value for lookups and stuff like that. So okay. uh, you can use it for multiple different applications. And the, the beauty of Mongo is it's so easy to you know set up and start using that it becomes easier in terms of adoption.
0: So it's so easy to start up a database, but hard to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: no, so, so hard uh, to back it up, and hard, especially if you scale it into a multi-shard. Right, of. right. Yeah, I now
1: think I, I think I was going to just say, yeah, it probably yeah. isn't too difficult to back it up as long as it's that single instance, if you will, or right. single replica, I guess. But yeah, once you start sharding and scaling out and thinking about all those, that's probably where things get more. But before you go there, Curtis. Oh, what disclaimer
0: in the rating. Thanks, Persona, for reminding me. Uh, for, for those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, Persona and I do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions and random, silly comments that you hear are totally our own.
2: So I just want to disclaim that these are my personal views and not related to my employer.
0: None of us have anything to do with our jobs. <laughs> officially on this podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go to ratethispodcast.com/slash restore and tell us and you know the rest of the world how wonderful we are. We love to hear that. If you hate the podcast, then there's really no need to do that. Oh, and also if if you think you've got an interesting, you know, backup and recovery archive DR you know, topic to talk about, we're happy to bring you on. Um, we'll, we'll even anonymize you. We've had a couple of guests that have come on where we actually change their voice and don't give their real name so that they can talk about what's really going on in the backup and recovery space at their uh, employer. Uh, and we're happy to do that. So um, in fact, I, we have one of those coming up, don't we, Persona? That we do. I'm excited. We do. Yeah, I am too. So we're talking about Mongo. One thing that I was surprised about, uh, there was this thing called uh, write concern, and that by default, Mongo, is it that Mongo is just a memory resident database and it doesn't do any logging? What what exactly does that mean? So I think when I was looking it up, I don't think it's that it is
1: only memory resident. I think what happens is it accepts a transaction, it acknowledges it, but it does Uh not persist it to disk immediately. Right, because Mongo, if you think about it, was intended for throughput and performance. Okay. So I believe that it keeps it in memory and eventually it flushes it down to disk or into oh, the op okay. logs. I see what you're right. saying. It's just
0: temporarily in memory. Gotcha. And then you change, the, you change it to journal to J to sets. Journal is set to true. And then suddenly now it will log changes before it actually does the change.
1: Well, before it acknowledges the
0: client. There's a couple of different ways to back up Mongo, right? And maybe we should start with a single system. Start with a single system. There is a Mongo dump, right?
2: Right. So Mongo dump is, is uh, one of the utilities provided out of the box. And it, it works pretty fine, actually, As if, if you look at single shard backups.
0: We should maybe define what sharding is.
2: Absolutely. So in any of the distributed databases, you generally have, uh, uh, if you want to scale out that database, you generally uh, create partitions of data. And uh, you scale it out in a way that now you scale out the partitions based on a certain key. Uh, so Mongo calls it a shard where you can put uh, you know s- certain subset of your entire data. And as you start scaling out, you start adding more shards to your database. So it's, it becomes kind of a scale out database.
1: And this is different though than like replica sets that say you might see on Microsoft SQL where those other nodes are kind of copies, right? Of a primary or production instance. In the case of Mongo and sharded databases, that is the only copy, right? It is kind of splitting the database, if you will, across those multiple nodes.
2: No, actually there are both the concepts there. Uh, there's a sharding concept that exists. So you can have, let's, for example, you can have five shard MongoDB, but at the same time each shard may be replicated three times.
1: Okay, so you can add it on top, but they would be, but sharding normally implies there's no copy, right? It's the only copy and then they add the replica. They're
0: just different concepts, right? Yeah. One One's like an x-axis, the other's a y-axis, right? Right
2: mongo if if you look at multi shard mongo or sharded MongoDB, as they call it uh it works on the concept of a master and the master is basically at the end of the day responsible for uh, making sure that data is routed to the right shard based on the sharded the, the whatever is the key that is used okay. to shard yeah so that's the common point in terms of a sharded mongo cluster
0: okay and then so okay we we said that mongo dump is is a way to do a single node are there are there other ways to back up a single node besides Mongo dump?
2: Yeah, so uh, I think we should talk about two scenarios. One is a single shard Mongo, which may yeah. have replicas of the copy, but a single shard.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. So that yeah, you're differentiating. I'm saying single node, and you're saying single shard. Gotcha. You're yeah, right. Right. Yeah, so, so there may there may be replicas, but there's just one. Right.
2: Shard, got it, yeah. okay. So if you look at single shard MongoDB, um, uh, it's, it's, it can be a replica set which has, let's say, three replicas. Uh, Mongo uh, dump and Mongo restore are, are is definitely one of the ways to backup and restore. Uh, one caveat, though, there is uh, if you use Mongo dump and restore, you cannot do collection by collection, and collection is equated to a database in MongoDB. So uh, I, I don't think it allows you to do collection by collection, uh, Backups and restores, so that
0: meaning uh, you have to do every you have to do. It's essentially at an instance level, right? So you have to back up all the collections. Okay.
2: Uh, uh, Versus uh, the other way that some some folks uh, have have been using it in in the industry is to, uh, like I said, there are replicas, and you can shut down one of the replicas, or you can delay that replica and shut it down, and
0: just take a copy as if the database was quiescent. Is there an advantage to splitting it off like that? What's the what's the purpose of doing that?
2: Um, uh, I would say the only purpose here is that you can uh, backup. Uh, you can just copy the files. You don't have to use MongoDump and Restore anymore because now okay. what you're doing essentially is the writes are stopped.
0: Okay. And are they stopped at some consistent point in time?
2: Uh, it doesn't matter. The consistency can be achieved. Uh, it, it's not stopped at a consistent point in time. Okay. Uh, it's stopped at a point in time. Uh, and they will start, uh, you know, uh, uh, once the node joins back the replica set, it will start really syncing back up to the and master.
1: Catching up to the master and then getting up to speed. So, is that very common then for single sharded Mongo databases with multiple replicas for customers to constantly split, back it up, and then join back in and then split again later?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is uh, quite uh, common. Uh, I have heard many customers do that um it's just um, a different way of doing it and it gives you that flexibility of not doing a collection by collection file by file whatever granularity you need because you have pretty much stopped the database
0: oh so you you can you can associate a group of files with a collection probably and so you could back up just a portion is that is that what yeah you mean?
2: because now you have stopped all the rights to mongo and right are in question. instead, you can just copy files. You can even just copy files, uh, you know, collections uh, or even documents within the collections.
0: You could also, if you were using a, a source dedupe type scenario or a block level incremental approach, you could you could just back up the bytes uh, or sections that have, you know, have changed since the last time you were there, right? So, you like you said, yeah. it gives you, gives you that approach, yeah. Um, okay, so that's a single shard. So, what happens when we when we start going into multiple shards.
2: Yeah, so uh, I think the interesting part here is if you look at multiple shards, as far as I understand, uh, there's no guarantee that the writes are happening in the in the correct order on all the shards. For example, if a write comes at time T0, another write comes at time T1, right. uh, and first write goes to shard 1, second one goes to shard 2, they may appear out of order. So if you try to do a a kind of either a Mongo dump or uh, this other method that we talked about, uh, um, you will not get a point in time consistent copy of the database.
0: So let me ask you a question. If you do a Mongo dump, uh, where at what level is that dump happening? Uh, That is happening only at that shard level. Okay. All right. So you would be doing multiple individual Mongo dumps uh, that don't, that aren't necessarily going to be at the same point in time uh, and, and not necessarily in the right order. This is the joy of a, of an eventually <laughs> consistent database. Right? Um, so what, so what would happen then if I have, you know, let's just, let's keep it relatively simple. I've got four nodes or four shards and, and I've done a Mongo dump on all four of them. And they are, there are different points in time. Their rights are out of order and now I restore those four shards, right? Like the whole world is, you know, you know what hits the fan and and all I have is four Mongo dumps. I restore four Mongo dumps to four brand new nodes. And now what? What, what yeah. would happen at that point?
2: Yeah, so um, it depends on how the applications are constructed is one thing. Uh, if you restore, for example, uh, those uh, those rest- at, at those restore points, you might uh, hit a point where the application is in inconsistent mode because uh, application uh, uh, the way application was writing, you did not recover. You recovered certain certain writes, but did not recover the other writes. So it was not a consistent state for the application, regardless. So that's one. Uh, Wait, but-
0: and, and let me just clarify. That means that I can't restore. Or that it just it's going to need to do more work on the database. Uh,
2: you can restore, but the restore will not be consistent from the application perspective because you might have some nodes.
0: Meaning, meaning, I have a worth a, essentially a worthless restore. Right. I, rest, I restored <laughs> the database to an inconsistent point in time that it cannot be made consistent from.
1: Right. And that's when you have okay. Mr. Backup's phone number on speed dial yeah. because you're going to need <laughs> yeah. some help.
0: Yeah, because I really need to be called in on that one. Okay, all right. So that sounds bad. So what what are my alternatives?
2: Yeah, so uh, there, there are a few alternatives. And um, one, one of the things that uh, we need to also consider is some of the applications that are writing to these databases, they understand some of these problems and they try to... Uh, you know, solve that consistency problem in the application itself. Either they uh, uh, acquire the application at the application level if it's a custom application uh, and then trigger, for example, a database backup.
0: Okay. Right? Oh, so, so there, may, there may be something out. Okay, so it, wait, so is there a, uh, there's a QS command within Mongo?
2: There's no QS command in Mongo. What I'm saying is, application as you're writing an application, if you're writing a custom application for a very custom use okay.
0: case, okay, okay,
2: always requires at the application level, and then oh, fix. so
0: the application stops writing to Mongo, gives yeah. it a gives it a second to get consistent, right? Then does a Mongo dump,
1: right. or it could do, or it would probably have to do the entire Mongo dump because until the Mongo dump is done, you don't know, like it, in Mongo. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's when you do MongoDump, it's not like you're taking a point in time, right? It still has to scan. There can still be updates and other things that happen for that sharded it, instance.
0: Well, if if the application is controlling this, it can control that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I but, think is what... Right. Yeah. So, so for instance, the application could put temporarily right to some other storage while it, the MongoDump is going on or whatever else is needed. Right. Or if it was sitting on some storage or in the cloud, like on EBS volumes, you could take a snapshot of the EBS volume during that period of time, and then do the Mongo right. dump from that snapshot. Yeah, right.
0: right, right, right. But there's no, but there's no command in Mongo to say, "Hey, halt writes for the moment."
2: Yeah, that, that's not, it's not. Yeah. So it's it's kind of messy. <laughs> right. okay. It seems a little weird, like from a database perspective, if you think about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what what's what's our next option?
2: Yeah. So the next option here is uh, MongoDB itself has, if you have the enterprise subscription to MongoDB, they have a utility uh, that backs up Mongo, and at a high level, basically they uh, kind of recreate the same scenario, where they uh, take all the writes that are happening to the sharded Mongo. They acquire, now because you're you're taking the writes off of the primary database to let's say a backup database. Uh, you can do uh, whatever you want on the backup database. You can, uh, as the writes are coming in, you can quiesce that database because the secondary database, your application is not talking to it. You can quiesce that database and you can take a consistent copy of the entire multi-sharded database. But essentially to do that, you now have to, pretty much you're writing to a primary database and then those writes are getting replicated to a let's say a secondary database that is the solution that MongoDB has. And at certain points, it'll git it, and it'll take a backup copy. I, I think it does block level cop, uh, copies if if I'm not wrong, and then it, it it can transfer those copies into a secondary backend like S3.
0: Okay, so uh, that gave me a bunch of questions. Um, so when you <laughs> when you say a backup database, you you mean an entirely separate instance of Mongo? Correct. That so basically this is a replicated hot standby kind of situation, is that right? What you're saying, and right. then And then yeah. where does the backup? And basically that's the backup, or uh, that's, that's the place the that you back up.
2: No, that's not the backup. So you replicate it to that database, uh, and from that database now you can stop the writes on that database at certain points, and okay. uh, and you can you know co-as the entire database that is multi-sharded and take a copy. And then uh, you know either dedupe it or do if if not then just put it on a secondary storage like a NAS or a, or even a S3 kind of a interface.
1: And this is a service from Mongo, right? If I recall,
2: right.
0: It, and yeah. So it, when you said, I forgot exactly what you said. You said somebody if you have if you have a particular license, is this only if you're using like the commercial? Like the service that is Mongo, or is this just a license of the software itself?
2: So it's not a service. It's a, if you, if I think if you uh, there is a MongoDB Enterprise uh, a subscription uh, subscription uh, license for the product, okay. which allows you uh, these tools. Obviously, you have to stand up the hardware yourself, and then uh, right. Okay.
0: Can- okay.
1: But during this time though, so sorry, I was just going to say, but while the secondary is doing backup, so that means that you don't have anything replicating to it though, right? So
2: you still Uh, have a... You you may still be holding the logs in in some place. Okay. Not applying it to that. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm... So let me just make sure I've got this. So we've got a primary, we've got this replicated copy. And when I go to do a backup what I'm actually doing is stopping that replication, uh, essentially stopping the rights to the secondary database. And then I'm gonna run the Mongo dump from the secondary database?
2: Yeah, it's all automated for you. So uh, uh, that's what happened in the backend. But uh, from the user perspective, they're just setting the policy and they're just doing the backups. Uh, And
0: and it's actually using Mongo dump?
2: I'm not sure if it uses Mongo dump it may be using Mongo dump or it may be just doing a block uh, okay.
0: snapshot it it just seems I don't know it seems like why can't they just do that with a well I guess what's the difference between that and just another replica yeah um like uh, like I'm wondering like why can't they just split off like why can't like if if each shard has three replicas why can't I just do this with one of those replicas? I guess is what I'm wondering. Why, why have to have a completely separate. That's what need, I'm trying to You understand. would need
1: some way though to stop everything first, right? Yes.
0: But this right. is, but this is their software. So I'm just saying, why, why didn't they build that into the replica concept? That's all I'm just wondering. Yeah. So, so if you, so if you do that, so if I have, So I followed everything you just said, and I have this backup from, you know, yesterday. But then a bunch of uh, changes. Can I restore that backup from yesterday and then apply the journal to bring it up to today? I can do that, right? Right. You can do that. Okay. All right.
2: Um, I I think one of the major things there is like uh, like we were discussing, you're standing up another MongoDB there. And uh, you essentially uh, uh, you're kind of creating a s- same kind of an environment as your primary, and you are kind of doubling your requirement for at least the storage, uh, or more, maybe even uh, for storing all that data in the transitionary phase, and then till till you do the backup. So there is more storage, there's more hardware, there's more complexity to go along with it. But from the user perspective, once it's set, uh, it is as good as setting a backup
0: policy. And and is that it? Are those my choices or is there something else? Yeah,
2: those are the two choices. And the third one, like I said, uh, Dato's IO uh, came up with this product um, and I, I'm guessing that's still there. And uh, that's the third choice that you have.
0: Which is, and basically what they do is they look at the log, right? Isn't that what, is that <laughs> right, like, the general approach?
2: <clears throat> right. Uh, they, they do look at the logs. Uh, they s- ship the logs from the primary system uh, to let's say a secondary storage, and then they do post processing on those logs to create a uh, you know consistent, point. consistent uh, snapshot. But at the end of the day, you're doing you're shipping the logs, and you're doing a lot of post processing to come up with that backup copy.
0: Right. Uh, what what I never quite understood, um, and you know I didn't have tons of conversations with them, but I never quite understood was how you get the first like. Like, is there is there a does it require a log all the way back to the beginning of time, or how do you, how do you get that first full?
2: Yeah, first full is like what you do in Mongo. Any Mongo node, if you add a new Mongo node to a shard, uh-huh. uh, it does the full initial sync from the master of that shard. So similarly, which means oh, use
0: the same process,
2: going through the same uh, same process in terms of the number. Go, it goes through all the files and it ships all the files for the first time.
1: And then before you actually do the ad, you're probably also turning on log or tracking the logs as well, right? Yeah, so you then you...
2: the logs As soon as uh, you... start, Yeah. And right. that
1: way, you know that you've already started the logs, you start the full, and then once you're caught up, you have all the logs so you're not missing
2: any transactions. But
1: regardless, it looks like with sharded, and I'm assuming sharded Mongo instances are pretty common. Uh,
2: they are common, especially for... Uh, 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 you know, large use, use cases. If you're not really using Mongo in a small embedded environment, sharded Mongo are pretty common.
1: Okay. So it looks like if you do have sharded Mongo out there, you should probably look to see how you're protecting it and making sure you're using a technique to ensure you have uh, consistent backup so you can actually get your data back in case you need to restore it. And you should probably test to make sure your restore process works.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because it, there is there is the one belief you know is that replicas equal backup, right? Which they don't. Um, you do something stupid like drop a table, and your replicas will make your stupidity very effective. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Cassandra. So Cassandra is also a sharded, multi-node setup, right? But it but it's apparently very different than than Mongo. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So Cassandra is 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 more complex in terms of understanding
0: the architecture. Mongo oh, seems great because to... because that was totally simple. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Cassandra is is uh, is uh, what you call uh, uh, masterless architecture. Okay. So um, the partitioning, as we call it in Cassandra, if you if you look at Cassandra, it's more of a ring architecture. So it's a ring. It's a Cassandra cluster and all nodes are peers, there's no master. Um, And in that sense, uh, the partitioning is not controlled or uh, done by a single node. It is built into how Cassandra is built. So a read or a write can go to any node in Cassandra, which may or may not hold the partition to which the read or write needs to happen. But that node has a method to figure out which other node in the cluster has that partition to now proxy that read or write to that respective node or nodes because there are multiple replicas of the same data in the cassandra cluster so it's very in, scalable uh, very 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 scalable in terms of uh, writes especially uh, reads uh, may not be so um, given it's write only architecture but uh, that depends on how you uh, you know how you roll in your ss tables which are where you read the data from but yes very scalable in terms of writes
0: so, um, it, it, because I remember when I talked to the Dados folks years ago, you know, they told me stories of like Cassandra databases with like 200 nodes and stuff. Is that, does that sound about Right.
2: right. Um, uh, Cassandra databases are, are very scalable and can go, you know, 10s, 20, 50, hundred, 200 nodes Yeah.
0: And what I remember. Was and again, this is from <laughs> several years ago, but I remember talking to those folks and being told, "Here is the way." Basically, what I remember was the 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 equivalent of the Mongo dump. That basically people do node level backup on all of these nodes, and if you ever actually used one of those backups, because it's only node level, that the process of getting that recovered system back to a point in consistency could take a really really long time like like i rem- i remember talking about days or even weeks to bring a, a a large cassandra database back to a consistent point
1: wow that rto kind of sucks
0: <laughs> yeah well the, like the system will function yeah, yeah, but it won't be fully restored for quite a long time how 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 good is my memory
2: yeah, no, I think that, that sounds about right. Uh, uh, yes, so uh, if you can always do node-by-node backups in Cassandra because, uh, because there is no master, so you can just locally do backups of each node. Hmm. Um, the challenge, exactly as you said, is uh, if you were to restore, uh, the entire Cassandra cluster works on a process which requires reconciliation and making sure everybody knows that everybody else is in the same uh uh, hold is holding the same uh, same uh, value of the data and mm-hmm. fit, then it starts this uh, process of reconciliation on the back end which might take long time if you have a lot of inconsistencies so it's, it's very simple to understand that if you back up a node and restore that node only uh, you are not restoring some data which is not in consistent uh, format with the rest of the cluster so to make that data consistent will take a lot of internal uh time and internal you know uh, transactions uh, so to, to come to a point where the entire cluster is again consistent in terms of where it is
1: so then what do people do is it just kind of you hope and pray that things work or are you hope looking, and pray always works or well i'm just wondering right at some point if it's going to take so long and it and it doesn't seem very bulletproof then what are the other options
2: i think i think there are a few things here right uh, one is you can always do node by node backup and as long as only one node goes down uh, or you have to recover only one node uh, I-, I think you still have the data uh, but the reconciliation process here yes, takes takes time uh, like you said so uh, it's and by, by
0: the way was i was i misremembering it's days or even longer right it take
2: definitely it takes hours and it all depends on how what is the stress on the cluster if the cluster is already servicing a lot of writes uh, it doesn't have enough bandwidth to re- okay. do this reconciliation process so it may but take
0: let, let me just clarify the the architecture so i think i am going to describe it and you tell me how close i am okay <laughs> so we talked about mongo so with mongo we shard a table into um, you know x number of nodes, and then each one of those nodes has a certain number of replicas. So it's like a two dimensional um, you know system. But with Cassandra, they don't do that. They they, they want to make sure that each um, I, I don't know what the proper term is each item, each element, each record, whatever whatever the the value, each value. It's on in number of nodes, but they don't do it the way Mongo does. What they do is they say that each thing just needs to be on, let's say three number of nodes, but it's, it's just sort of evenly spread out across, like every node is, there's no rep primary and replica. Every node holds one of those three copies or whatever number you've specified of some data. Does that, does that sound right? How did I do?
2: Yeah, no, I think that sounds sounds about right. So uh, based on the internal algorithm, they uh, send a certain portion of the data to certain nodes and they hold that copy of the data, uh, which is deterministic in a way that a node will know where to find, based on the partition key, where to find the data related to that.
0: Right. So so it's not necessarily
1: that every node contains all the data. Right. It's just that the no, no data...
0: node ever yeah. no node ever contains all the data. Yeah. Uh, every node is contains what each piece of data is on. Is it, it is it configurable? The number of nodes that that the data would you spread across?
2: Yeah. The replication factor is configurable, and uh, like what you said, Curtis, uh, p- portions of data are held by each node. Uh, right yeah every node will hold all the data if you have a three node cluster for example and replication
0: factor of 3 say that again
2: uh if if you have to, let's for assume you have a three node cluster with a replication factor of 3 that essentially means each node holds all the data
0: oh okay okay but you can have a replication factor of 3 and a 200 node cluster right.
2: now and- you have partitions and uh, you know only three nodes in that 200 node cluster will have one partition
0: gotcha gotcha um, so I I think I think I have that in my head. And I can see why if you just do a backup one of those nodes, um well, let me ask, you, let me go back to that question. It, it, if I have, again, a 200 node cluster and I have a replication factor of three, those three nodes, like the data that's on, let's say I've got node one, two and three, and then I lay down a, a new piece of data. It, it, I, I don't even know how to put this in English. It's not. It, it's not always gonna. There's no relationship between the data that's on node one, two, and three. When I when I go to write a new piece of data, which node that data gets, which node gets that data, is it, complete. Like you said, it's deterministic. It, it, there's no. I, 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 I'm I sorry, I'm not putting this in English, but it's making <laughs> sense. It's making sense in my head. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: yeah it, it, it's pretty hard to reason about. That's exactly why Cassandra is not as much in use as MongoDB, because MongoDB is still a little bit more intuitive to understand versus Cassandra. Uh, yeah. It's, and about yeah. Debugging and troubleshooting some of these things
0: two-dimensional di- two sharding and replication, you know, I, I can get that. This is, I get it, I, but I do need a whiteboard to explain it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to explain this and it's it's literally, you know, and and by the way, my job is explaining things and I cannot explain this without a whiteboard.
1: <laughs>
0: um. So, all right, so let's go but, but back to- I have to, a question. Sorry, I have a question. Yeah, go. So in that case where I had a-
1: replication factor of three in my 200 node cluster one piece of data will be landing on three nodes and based on the deterministic algorithm i always know that those are those going to be that those three nodes can i then go and say just back up i guess you were saying this partition and it'll just back up one of those three nodes is that good enough
2: uh, you can, you, I, I don't think uh, Cassandra by uh, default provides those kind of backup options. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah so I, you would have to I, say, I, I want to go
1: back up node one, or I'm going to go back up node two or node three,
0: and potentially no, I might need to back up all I, three. I'm really glad you asked this question because I think based on my understanding of how this works, you have to back up all the nodes.
2: You have to back you, up all the nodes and store all the data, which is three copies of five This is what copies. I'm
0: saying. Because it's not like the first three nodes hold, you know, one two hundredth of the data and the second three node hold the next two hundredths of the data. It's every node holds a piece of the data and it's sprinkled out across everywhere. But all data is put in at least three places. It's a, it's a, it's, you know what? It's closer to S3, I think. It's more like the, the underneath the, and uh, underneath architecture, the, the the uh the way S3 works when you write up when you write an object in S3, it's put on it's put in three different locations. It's you just like don't know that. what three those are. Yeah, you just don't. And so, uh, but but there, but unlike S3, you can't say give me these objects to to back up, right? Yeah. Um. So okay, so go back to if if we're gonna do node level backup, we have to back up all the nodes. That's really important. Uh, I do read about like sna- uh, Cassandra snapshots. I, 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 am I right there? Yeah, you can always what, snap. Right. Yeah. Okay. What are those snapshots? What I think of when I think of snapshots are they virtual things like a like a NetApp snapshot? Yes. Okay. All right. So if I make that snapshot, the is there a way for me to make a snapshot on all my nodes? at the same time so that i get something resembling consistency
2: um maybe if you're running it on netapp storage or (laughs) okay (laughs) all right all right so only
0: only outside of cassandra not yeah not within cassandra okay um but i i could i could i could do it um I could do it with some sort of external scheduler. I could create a a snapshot on all my nodes at the same time. And so I'd have, I'd have something in the neighborhood of consistency (laughs) and then I can back up those snapshots. Yeah. But, but the problem later is restore. If I lose a node and I restore that node and my backup is from, you know, well, actually, like you said, if it's just one node, it's not too big of a, problem the problem is if i lose multiple nodes no i think the
2: problem is if you lose logical construct of data rather than physical so if you lose a column family then you have a problem because that column family may be distributed across multiple nodes how do you restore that how do
0: you lose a column family
2: so column family is always you know accidental mistakes uh you like a drop a table Uh, absolutely so okay okay so column family is equivalent to let's say a database um, okay. if you drop database if you logically corrupt a database how do you recover from that logical issue
0: yeah okay so how so how <laughs> so what's the answer to that question if i'm doing uh, node level backup
2: uh, you dial someone who knows about it
0: really <laughs> Call it's for just help. not it's not a situation you want to be in is what you're saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not be, because i the only thing that's coming to my mind is i restore my entire Cassandra database and a database I know it's probably the wrong word My 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 entire Cassandra cluster to an alternate location and then find that what did you call it table column family column family, column family. find that column family and then and then use that to copy it back over to my production database does right. that
2: right. that sounds reason that sounds like something that a lot of folks do
0: And it sounds like a giant P I T A is what that (laughs) sounds like. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So, and, and as I recall, Datos had sort of the same approach to, to, to Cassandra where it, it had a log that it looked at the log. And so it had all this data. So you could actually put that, um, column family back.
2: Yeah. So what Dados did was the same thing uh, in Cassandra rather than logs. You you talk about SS tables, okay. tables, and sort string tables are the constructs in which the data is, is 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 residing. And at a certain time, you can take snapshots that basically flushes all the writes to the disk, and you collect all the SS tables that created uh, new new tables that got created, and you can uh, you can. Take, take it from you have to take it from all the nodes because data is distributed across all the nodes but then you have all you have done is you have created three copies of your data in the backup and then you'll have to either go through all the SS tables and figure out which ones are duplicates which writes are duplicate and only keep the data that is uh, kind of de- that's the process of deduping and create single uh, single uh, restore copy from those three copies that are distributed across multiple SS tables.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound complicated at all.
1: (laughs) No, but that's actually really neat because you're right. If it's a bunch of duplicate data, why am I occupying all this space storing the exact same data three times? Or whatever my replication factor is.
2: I think it's more than the the space, right? Because uh, uh, space is one factor. uh, Storage is one factor. But if you were to recover it back, Mm. let's say, how do you now recover? You have to recover three times the data and you have to... uh, your RTO is getting impacted uh, versus you're sending one logical copy of data and get, Cassandra replicates
0: it. And is, okay, so, yeah. Uh, so, okay, let me go. I, yeah, okay. go ahead. Go
1: ahead. So, so, just following on to that question. Does that mean then that you know the mapping between what's in the logs and what node the data ends up on? Just so you know, for instance, if a node failed, then these are all the data that I need to logically write back through Cassandra?
2: Uh, so that's a good question. So uh, the solution, the the problem that we are solving is not node by node failure problem. Hmm. That is already solved in Cassandra because you have multiple, uh, you have data on on three nodes or at least, right? So that's more of a, uh, you know, replication problem that is solved inherently. Can, you, by
0: can you fix, can you rebuild a node even without backup like the way you do with yeah, RAID? Absolutely.
2: You just add a node, uh, that node will get populated at some point in time. Okay. With, with It'll catch it. up or whatever it does with Cassandra. Yeah.
1: Yeah, gotcha. So you were covering more of unless
0: uh, unless somebody blew up ten nodes. Yeah, yeah. In which Anytime case you're you are, yeah, Fubart.
2: Anytime you have more than replication factor, uh, you lose some data. Oh, gotcha. good and, point. Or well, I so,
0: would say equivalent to the replication factor, even maybe like if you if you have it three and you blew up three, potentially you could be losing data.
1: And so Dados, you were looking more from protecting things like. Drop or
0: the column family being gone and things like that. Right, exactly. Gotcha. And what, what is there a reason they use the word column family versus table?
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that goes back to how Cassandra represents the data and the column columnar fa- for format in which they uh, you know they the, the, they have the schema of the database um, is more aligned in a column by column uh, manner. So you can have uh, you know rows with different uh, size in terms of the how many columns.
0: Right, because it's, what's, what's that called? It's called a, mo- a long- Wide column. Wide column, that's it, wide column. Okay, my brain hurts. <laughs> I'm really glad we had you on. This is exactly what we wanted to do. So it turns out that Mongo and Cassandra, even though they are multi-noted uh, and charted and all of that, the way that that data is distributed is completely different. And so, therefore, the way that you would address backup and recovery is completely different. I like Mongo better now. Um, <laughs> I can see why I can see why Mongo is higher in the because um, there's this website that we've been using db-engines.com. I think is what it is, and it and it puts Mongo up like uh, number five in terms of the databases that are in use today. And Cassandra was actually down in the in the teens, as I recall. How about this? Is there a, I know that Mongo has a commercial service where you can run Mongo on the Mongo, you know, it's, it's Mongo SaaS, you know, Mongo as a service, mass. Uh, is there a Cassandra as a service? Do you know?
2: Yep. I think there are some uh, providers that now provide managed Apache Cassandra as a service. Okay. Okay. Um, but those are relatively smaller. Instacluster cluster is one of them as far as I remember. Who? Do you know who DataStax is? Right. DataStax is the provider for uh, commercial uh, Cassandra.
0: Okay. So that's the, okay. All right. So that that is the, the right name. Okay. So do they have additional, do you know if they have additional ways to solve the backup problems that we talked about that we haven't talked about?
2: Uh, I haven't actually looked at DataStax in, in, a, in a while. Um but I'm not sure if they have solved the problems of backup and recovery.
0: Okay. You don't know if, they, if they've added. It's possible that they've added this as a as a service, but but you don't know. Okay. All right. My brain hurts, man. That
1: was a lot of information about something that's completely new and different. Because yeah. I know most of the time we always deal with the usual stuff that we're familiar with. This is completely
0: new. I think I'm going to go back at the beginning of the podcast. And I'm going to say, please play this podcast at like 0.75. <laughs> because there's a lot lot of of data in here and I cannot give medical advice, but please take your flu shot this season. Uh, it it is easily the most important flu shot you will ever take in your life. And, uh, with that, I, uh, Shalab, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks guys. Uh, thanks for having me. It was a great discussion and hope to see you back again.
0: Yeah, no,
1: I definitely learned a ton. So thank you guys. And thank you, Curtis, as always, it's always fun chatting and learning something
0: new. I, I I swear it. My brain hurts more after this podcast than after <laughs> after any of the ones that we've done in a long time. So hopefully we've passed that pain on to our listeners. Thanks, uh, folks, for listening to the podcast and uh, make sure to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore and uh, be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all.
3: There was a file but I... Isn't worth the spit Finally I needed your backup You had a chance To fix it Instead it's all jacked up See how I'll write On Facebook about you Don't underestimate The things that I will do There was a file But I deleted it Too bad your backup system Isn't worth the spit It'll be completely